Continuing in our series about the various halls uh, around the university, uh, I'm now at Clifton Hill House, and uh, I'm joined by the warden of the hall, Annie Burnside. Welcome. Welcome to you. Thank you. Um, thank you very much for agreeing to uh, talk on the programme. And um, can I just ask you uh, something about the uh, hall itself? That's what this is all about. Um, first of all, how... How did you um, come to be warden of a university hall like Clifton Hill House? Okay, well, there are two questions in your question. So the first one, the hall is a very popular hall, as you know, and it's going to be um, celebrating its centenary in 2009. In uh, 1909, uh, the hall became the first hall of residence for the University of Bristol, and on top of that, the first Hall of Residence for ladies. It was 15 ladies in 1909. So it's a very important hall uh, because it's the first one after Oxford and Cambridge. Now, why I became a uh, warden of this hall, I just applied thinking that uh, I was at the time teaching the French department and always got on well with students. And I thought it would be a nice experience to see students not on an academic level, but um, where they live. And I uh, tried to uh, see how things were, were going to go. And uh, I must admit, I have enjoyed the job. I've been in the job for 19 years. And I think I have improved the facilities here. And um, most important, I think, um, um, try to contribute to, do, to the development of students in many ways, cultural, but also financial, with the JCR, with the bar, etc. And I think it's a, a lovely community if uh, students give a lot of themselves, which I find they do. And I'm always amazed at the talents that are in Hall. Um, I have always encouraged people to take part in concerts, etc., and I think we've succeeded quite well. Okay, we'll come back to the cultural aspect in a little while. But um, you mentioned when the when the um, building first became used as a hall of residence, but the buildings have a, a longer history than that, don't they? Could you tell us something about the history of the hall itself? Well, the hall was not built as a hall of residence. It was built for Paul Fisher, who was a linen draper of some standing in the 18th century. He was also a slave trader and a very, very rich man indeed. He was a co-founder of the BRI in 1735, so a philanthropist, but also a slave trader, so, you know, both sides. And he had this um, magnificent house built in a Palladian way. Uh, it's a Palladian villa, a very important um, house for not just Bristol but for the South West and that's why I launched myself into a restoration program early on uh, in my wardenship. Then the house was uh, lived in, in 18, from 1851 by the Simmons family, a very very interesting Victorian family. A father was a first, one of the first medical um, lecturers at uh, University College at the medical school, and the son, a very well-known critic, art critic, uh, a poet as well, and uh, an icon for the liberation of homosexuality in the 19th century. So he's very, very well-known in the States. He had four daughters, and 
Janet, the youngest, uh, the oldest daughter, uh, was a very close friend of the family, were a very close friend of Edward Lear, who wrote The Owl and the Pussycat for Janet. Now, in um, 1994, I think, we created, out of a ladies' cloakroom, we created a library devoted to the Simmons family. So uh, you're very welcome to go and have a look at uh, all the memorabilia that uh, is connected with the family there. And then uh, when the, Sim uh, the Simmons family, when Simmons died in 1893, the, the family uh, had immigrated to Davos and the house subsequently was sold to the University of Bristol for some £5,500 and became the first hall of residence for students, lady students as I said before. It was very interesting because the Simmons were very linked to the development of um, the education for women. Uh, the father had been linked to the uh, construction of uh, Clifton College and uh, the son was with the Winkworth uh, sister very, very involved in the education, the development of education for women in Bristol. And um you're talking about the history of Clifton Hill House there, but of course that's not the only building included in the hall, strictly speaking, is it? How did, the, um, how did what is now called Clifton Hill House come together? In the 70s, well, the hall grew and grew. In fact, the first room that was built onto the um, stables was what we've called now the Wills Reception Room. I named the Wills Reception Room after the Wills family, who built a dining room for the girls. When the hall started, it was only 15 young ladies. But by the 1920s, there were 30 young ladies, and uh, they had to build another dining room. So that was the first extension. And then in the 1960s, Fry Wing was built uh, with the Cadbury Fry chocolate uh, money. That's why we've called the wing Fry Wing. Uh, the Fry family were uh, Quakers, and they were very linked to the to Clifton Hill House from the very start, from 1909. And later on, uh, South Wing was added because the hall was growing and growing. And in 1972, the hall became mixed, so it's now both male and females. And as you know, I try to balance out the number of males and females. Okay, so that's the more modern parts of the building, but there's also the um, the building in which we're now sitting, um, which was originally separate again, wasn't it? Could you tell us something about this? No, Calendar House was not really separate. It, well, it belonged to the Simmons family, and it was acquired when, uh, in 1909, when the house was uh, sold to the university by Mrs. Simmons and uh, two of her daughters. Calendar was being let to uh, a lady and this lady died in 1919 and at that time the university bought Calendar House as well. So in fact Calendar and Old Clifton uh, did belong to the Simmons at the time but um, Calendar was acquired later on, later than uh, Clifton, Old Clifton, what we call Old Clifton. And presumably was it at, the, at that point that they were actually physically linked or that happened earlier? No, they were physically linked by what was uh, in 1919, after the First World War. In fact, the first warden tried to have work done during the First World War, but she was forbidden by the government because there were not enough workforce to build and not enough money around. 
But in 1919, the Will's reception room was um, built on the stables, as I said, and then they built the gym, what we call the, we still call the gym kitchen, and it's now been transformed in several rooms. But that was the gym where uh, people exercised and also had um, plays, I think, being performed there. There are some old photographs where you can see the whole area just as a gym. Okay. Now you mentioned there about uh, plays and so on. Um, moving back towards the present day, um, could you describe something about the um, cultural life of the hall and what do you think makes this hall particularly individual? Well, I think that um, we've been trying to... What I'm trying to do is to bring uh, students together. And I find that any concerts or musicals or plays will mean that a lot of people will be involved together. So I found that it's been a very, very good tool to bring the whole together. And with the first thing that we had was probably about uh, 10 years, well, more than 10 years ago with The Boyfriend. And The Boyfriend was redone recently, uh, perhaps before your time. I can't remember year after year. But it's every year, I'm, as I said, amazed at the talents that uh, I'm lucky to get with all these students. Only age 18. So that's the, the that's the um, sort of performing life of the hall. Um, but there's something else that marks out Clifton Hill House as distinctly different from some of the others in the area. Of course, this is the only catered hall in Clifton. How do you think that affects the makeup of the hall? Yes, I think, just to come back, I, d I don't think we're the only hall with very good performing um, plays or Manor Hall is very good as well and we've I've been to some very good performances at Goldner as well. So in Clifton, I don't think we're unique and of course Wills Hall and other halls do that as well but I think we've dev developed here quite a tradition now and a very well-established tradition but Manor, I think, goes back even further than we do. I found that for first years, catering is important because, as you know, um, the dining hall is a meeting place and I just feel that the first years is better to be catered for. As you probably remember, we got the first prize as well for the best catering across the, <laughs> across the town. So I think that it is both very good uh, to have people together mixing in the hall and also good from a practical point of view because you don't have to do the shopping, the cooking, etc., etc. So yes, it, we are unique in Clifton for that uh, reason because we are the only catering hall. Unfortunately, Manor, who used to be catering, uh, stopped being catering some 10, 15 years ago, and I think that probably was a mistake, but here we are. And just to sum up, um, could I just have a, a little um, a little piece of your mind as to what especially um, marks Clifton Hill House out for you? What, what, How would you summarise how it's special to you? It's been very special because I've always enjoyed um, students when I taught in the French department, I used to get on extremely well. And I just feel that it's, it's amazing to see students develop. And across my 19 years here, I can say, very safely say, that I've saved a lot of students, not just the odd one per year, from dropping out from university, from being very anxious, from just not being themselves. And I feel that it's a reward in itself. Okay, well, thank you very much for talking to us.